Before he was charged with murder, before his arrest, before the manhunt for his wife in the swamps of the quiet coastal Massachusetts town where they lived, around Boston, and in the nation's capital. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. There was another set of searches, prosecutors say, on Google, on their son's iPad, starting early the morning when he would later say she went missing. At 4.58 a.m., how to stop a body from decomposing. Anna and Brian Walsh had built a life together in Cohasset, just south of Boston, and Anna's sudden and seemingly unexplained disappearance sparked a huge search. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to found the body. But after a mysterious house fire, accusations of misleading investigators, new scrutiny on a case of art fraud involving Andy Warhol, Walsh was arrested on suspicion of murder, and those chilling Google searches were read out in court, turning the case into a phenomenon. Ten ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. How long for someone to be missing to inherit? The trial may hinge on what a jury makes of those Google searches. As the case unfolds, we'll share new insights on this captivating investigation. He just looked right at my camera and he gave a big smile. One of those experiences that feels like a movie almost. And look back on the many twists in the search for Anna Walsh's body. I'm Colton Bradford and this is NBC Tim Boston's The Searches for Anna Walsh. Today we're going to recap the twists and turns in this long case, which we'll revisit in later episodes. We'll also bring you the latest updates, including from Brian Walsh's trial. Less than 10,000 people live in Cohasset, which sits on a picturesque stretch of Massachusetts' South Shore. It's a wealthy community. The median household income is nearly $180,000, twice the average in the Bay State. And there's not a lot of crime in Cohasset. So when local police announced they were searching for Anna Walsh on January 5th, 2023, followed a day later by a news conference held by Police Chief William Quigley, all eyes were suddenly on the small seaside town. We're looking for for the public's help and the media's help in locating Anna Walsh, W-A-L-S-H-E. She's been missing since the first of the year, early morning hours of the first of the year. Police said that Anna was last seen shortly after midnight, New Year's Day, having not shown up at her job in Washington, D.C., where she worked. Brian, they said, was cooperating with them. There was concern in the community over Anna's disappearance. Here's one of her friends, Evan Terrell, early on in the search. This is completely unlike her, and this is complete. I think that's part of the shock is like, She would not go a day without talking with her husband and her boys. But things got even stranger when a fire broke out at the Walsh's former home in town just hours after police pleaded for help finding Anna. Crews, including our own, rushed to the scene. Was she alive? Was someone destroying evidence? But the fire ended up being ruled accidental. Today, investigators searching nearly a square mile near Walsh's house, using ATVs and combing the woods by foot. That's from a broadcast that Friday night, and over the next few days, the extensive search unfolded involving state and local police on the ground, in the air, and under the water. Here's what Chief Quigley had to say. We have detectives working around the clock, Cohasset police detectives, along with detectives from the Massachusetts State Police, as well as detectives from the towns of Hingham, Hull, Norwell, and Situate. But nothing turned up in the wooded areas near the couple's home off of Chief Justice Cushing Highway. The search was ultimately called off on Saturday, just a day later, 
The story then took its first major public turn. Okay, we begin tonight with breaking news out of Cohasset. The Norfolk District Attorney's Office says an arrest has been made in the disappearance of a missing mother of three, Anna Walsh. Now, some people following this case might have already had their suspicions about Brian Walsh, despite police saying that he'd been cooperating with them. And on Sunday, he was arrested, charged with misleading the investigation, though not with killing Anna. On Monday morning, reporters descended onto Quincy District Court for his arraignment, to see if any new details would be revealed. How did he mislead police? And why would he do that? What had investigators learned that led them to that charge? It turned out to be a jaw-dropping hearing. During the time frame when he didn't report his wife and gave various statements that allowed him time to either clean up evidence, uh, dispose of evidence, um, and causing a delay. Prosecutor Lynn Beland said in court that blood and a bloody knife were found in the basement of the Walsh home. She also alleged that Brian lied to law enforcement about his whereabouts in the days following Anna's disappearance. In fact, Beland said on January 2nd, just a day after Anna was last seen, she said Brian was caught on tape at a Home Depot. He's on surveillance at that time purchasing about $450 worth of cleaning supplies. That would include mops, bucket, tops, um, TVEX, uh, drop cloths, uh, as well as various kinds of tape. She also presented cell phone data, contradicting Brian's story that his wife left early in the morning in a rideshare for Logan Airport to fly to D.C. Police checked during the course of this investigation. There was not a Yuba. Uh, or any kind of lift that had picked her up on January 1st. Uh, in fact, in the course of the investigation, it was determined that her cell phone pinged in the area of the house, which is um, located on Chief Justice Cushing Way, that her phone pinged on the first and the second, which is after the defendant had said she had left. An attorney for Walsh said in court that day that Walsh had been cooperative, had consented to searches of his phone and home, and had contacted his wife's employer in Washington to say he hadn't heard from her. A judge set Walsh's bail at $500,000. Meanwhile, the search for evidence continued, and in the days that followed, it widened across the Boston area, eventually producing a hacksaw, bloody towels, and a bone fragment. Now, this is less than a week after Anna was first reported missing. The case moved quickly and dramatically as well, and it dominated local news coverage for days on end as viewers and readers wondered, where is Anna Walsh and who killed her? This is this is just hit so close to home, I think, for everybody. She seemed like a wonderful woman, mom, daughter. It's, it's just heart-wrenching, incredible soul, so. Then, on January 17th, another major development Norfolk District Attorney Michael Morrissey confirming what had become the widespread suspicion. The continued investigation has now allowed police to obtain an arrest warrant charging Brian Walsh with the murder of his wife. A day later, Brian was led into the courtroom, sporting handcuffs and a blank stare on his face for his second arraignment and his wife's disappearance. And that's when Prosecutor Lynn Beeland laid out an intricate timeline of what they say happened after Anna disappeared, alleging Brian dismembered and discarded his own wife's body. Rather than divorce, it is believed that Ryan Walsh dismembered Anna Walsh and discarded her body. The bags were later discarded in Swampscott and contained uh, Anna's property and the items used to clean up, as well as the DNA that was left behind. 
And yes, this was also when the gruesome Google searches allegedly made by Brian on New Year's morning on their son's iPad surfaced, taking interest in the case to a whole new level. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. At 4.58 a.m., how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to bound a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose, dispose of a dead body if you really need to. At 6.25 a.m. on the 1st, how long for someone to be missing to inherit. At 6.34 a.m. on the 1st, can you throw away body parts? If Brian Walsh did kill his wife and he's pleaded not guilty to all charges, those searches were productive. There's so far been no confirmation on his body was ever found. But that may not stop prosecutors from getting a jury to convict him for murder. And by the way, we've reached out to Walsh's new court-appointed attorney, and we haven't heard back yet, but we hope to talk to him, or even Walsh himself, for a later episode. We'll be right back. So as we look ahead to the Walsh murder trial, how will the lack of a body factor in? Producer Matt Fortin recently spoke with a cybercriminal expert from Boston University about the use of these Google searches as evidence. Yeah, and I want to emphasize here that Brian Walsh has not been convicted of anything in this case. In fact, it hasn't even gone to trial yet. I spoke with Dr. Kyungshik Choi, who really was the perfect guy to analyze this case for us. Definitely, this is kind of chilling sequence. He told me that the Google searches suggest a premeditated intention to conceal his wife's body. He brought up another point, though, that I do want to mention. These gruesome Google searches aren't the only relevant online footprint allegedly left by Brian. Prosecutors have also said that in the month leading up to her killing, Brian would repeatedly access the Instagram page of one of her male friends from Washington, D.C., where she was working. They said he was suspicious that Anna was having an affair. His mother was said to have hired a private investigator to look into her, and Brian also allegedly searched for the best and worst states to get a divorce in. I see it's a kind of slowly kind of building kind of motivation right there. So, but we don't know, right, if it's a premeditated to kill her and as soon as they went to kind of the bed, like around 1.30 a.m. January 1st. However, so whatever happened, then I can see, yeah, premeditated intention of, yeah, the disposing body and all, all together. I can, I can see that kind of sequence. Dr. Choi told me that all of this online and digital evidence, including the security camera footage of him in places like Home Depot, becomes especially important considering that Anna's body has never been found. Still though, he says that law enforcement and prosecutors have their work cut out for them if they are to successfully convict him of murder without ever finding her body. So definitely... Uh, all the motivation and, uh, you know, the evidence they have to gather, the most importantly, they have to find that the death of Anna, right, and the, the evidence of the death of Anna. Hopefully they gather more digital evidence and uh, then combine all together, showing that and Anna's death, and then it's kind of very clear shot to me. If there's a conviction here for Brian Walsh without ever finding the body of his wife. Do you see this as being a historic case? Absolutely. I think this is a very significant case 
based on my experience and examining kind of, you know, the many, many cases, of course, all homicide cases, they tend to find, yeah, body. And uh, then, of course, lots of forensics, right? And uh, so medical forensics are part of it, and uh, then digital forensics part of it, combining all together, then easy to prosecute. But this case, and uh, we don't have a actual body here, but if we use kind of only digital evidence to prosecute, that becomes kind of primary evidence, right? And uh, supposed to be kind of circumstantial <laughs> evidence to substantial evidence we're switching. So in that sense, it is very significant case if we do. It's an incredibly complicated case. So how did things end up this way for a couple who appeared to live in a posh and comfortable suburban life? We're taking you through everything we know about the Walsh case in this podcast series. From the evidence against Brian Walsh, to his prior legal issues. He was a calculated guy. He was very crafty in his con. Possible motives and what's next for the man accused in one of the area's biggest recent murder cases. But we'll also tell you more about who Anna Walsh was, an immigrant from Serbia who worked her way through the service industry to work for a high-powered real estate firm in D.C. Full of light energy, like power woman, super mom. And the possible warning signs that have since come to light. That's coming up on the searches for Anna Walsh. If you want to follow the Walsh case with us, subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts and leave us a review to help others find the show too. This episode was produced by Matt Fortin, Julia Yowie, executive produced by Asher Klein, and Mark Fortier with help from William Reed. I'm Colton Bradford.